Folks, we're doing a series. We're going through the life of Nehemiah, actually an incident of his life where he is helping the city of Jerusalem from the book of Nehemiah. And we've entitled this series, Rise Up, because that's basically what he called the Jews, was to rise up and rebuild the walls. Now, we're wanting to learn the faith lessons from his life, to apply to our lives, because what we've seen is, is that the walls for the city basically signified its well-being and security. And as long as they were broken down, they were basically vulnerable and in shame. Now, as you think about it, each of us in our lives have walls. You have walls in your life, your marriage, your families. And some of those walls are, shall I say it, broken. And you've actually gotten to the place where you've gotten used to them. You've given up hope of ever rebuilding them. And so we've launched into this series to kind of learn some faith lessons about how God really wants to repair the walls in our life. He wants to bring wholeness. He wants to bring protection. He wants to bring wellness to your life. But you've got to respond to him. You've got to act on what he's showing you with regards to rebuilding the walls in your life. And that takes what? Faith. Trust. Trusting in him to help you to be able to do that. Now, we've spent three weeks kind of looking at the whole issue of where prayer fits into that. We spent three weeks about examining the issue of how our walls are broken and trusting God to give us wisdom to know how to do it. Today, we're going to look at really the next aspect of where our faith needs to grow, because the fact of the matter is, is that once you decide that you want to repair the walls, you're going to face the pressure to stop. There's always going to be outside pressure not to do what God's calling you to do. You know what I'm talking about. If you really sense from the Lord that you need to work on an area in your life or work on an area in your marriage or work on an area in your family or or if we sense that God is calling us to do something here in our church, there's always going to be outside pressure telling you not to do it. And the sad thing is, is that sometimes that outside pressure comes from those who are close to you or other Christians. That's sad, isn't it? But the pressure exists. But we're going to see that Nehemiah faced the same kind of pressure, but we're going to see how he responds to the pressure. And how he responds to the pressure gives us some faith principles, some faith lessons that we can apply to our lives. And what we want to do is is we want to ask the Holy Spirit to speak to us. And then if you notice in your bulletins, and I would encourage you to get a bulletin because as we go through these points, you can uh, record on the back of the bulletin the things that we show you, the main points. But in the bulletin, you'll see is a prayer guide. So during the week, as you are asking God to help you with the wall that you are repairing, you'll see the faith principles listed there and how you can pray about them for your life. Because I can almost guarantee you that if you are wanting to deal with the broken walls in your life, you're going to find pressure to stop. You know what I'm talking about? Because you've faced it before. 
And that doesn't mean that this time when you try to deal with it, you won't find pressure to stop. So let's look together. We're going to look at verses 1 through 14 of chapter 4. Now, you say, George, hey, last week we were in chapter 2. Why aren't we looking at chapter 3? Well, chapter 3 is really the work beginning. You see, and if you read through chapter 3, and I would encourage you to do that on your own, you'll see that the Jews in various places begin to construct a wall near where they live. That's chapter 3. Now we get to chapter 4, and we see the pressure to stop. So notice with me verse 1 of Nehemiah, chapter 4. So it happened that when Sambalat heard that we were rebuilding the wall, that he was furious and very indignant and mocked the Jews. He spoke before his brethren and the army of Samaria and said, What are these feeble Jews doing? Will they fortify themselves? Will they offer sacrifices? Will they complete it in a day? Will they revive the stones from the heap of rubbish, stones that are burned? And Tobiah the Ammonite was beside him and said, Whatever they build, even a fox goes up on it, he will break down their stone wall. Hear, O God, for we are despised. Turn their reproach on their own heads and give them as plunder to a land of captivity. Do not cover their iniquity. Do not let their sin be blotted out from before you, for they have provoked you to anger before the builders. So we built the wall, and the entire wall was joined together up to half its height, for the people had a mind to work. So it happened that when Samballad, Tobiah, the Arabs, and the Ammonites and the Ashdodites heard that the walls of Jerusalem were being restored and that gaps were beginning to be closed, that they became very angry, and all of them conspired together to come and attack Jerusalem and create confusion. Nevertheless, we made our prayer to our God. Because of them, we set a watch against them day and night. Then Judah said, The strength of the laborers is failing, and there is so much rubbish that we are not able to build the wall. And our adversary said, They neither know nor see anything till we come into their midst and kill them and cause the work to cease. And so it was that when the Jews who dwelt near them came, that they told us ten times, For whatever place you turn, they will be upon us." Therefore I positioned men behind the lower parts of the wall at the openings, and I set the people according to their families with their swords and spears and their bows. And I looked and arose and said to the nobles and to the leaders and to the rest of the people, Do not be afraid of them. Remember the Lord, great and awesome, and fight for your brethren, your sons, your daughters, your wives, and your homes. Here's what we're going to do, folks. We're going to, from this passage today, we're going to kind of look and see what's happening, how Nehemiah responds, and we're going to see three faith principles. Three faith principles. Because basically we can divide this passage into three sections. We can see ridicule. We'll talk about that in a moment. We can see hostility, but yet we see readiness. 
Now, this is important as we go through this to understand what they're facing, because I'm going to be honest with you, you're going to face the same thing in your life. When you decide to respond to the leading of the Holy Spirit in your life, when God moves your heart to deal with the walls that are broken, when you try to do something about what's going wrong in your marriage, or when you try to do something about what's going wrong in your family, or what's going wrong in your life, you're going to face intense pressure from outside to stop. Because I'm going to be honest with you, not everybody's going to be happy about you dealing with it. You're like, wait a minute, George, I would think that people would want my marriage to be better. I would think that people would want me to deal with the issues in my life. I would think that people would want things to go well. That's not always true. That's not always true. And you'll face ridicule and you'll face hostility. And that'll throw you for a loop. In fact, even as I mentioned it, some of you were probably saying, yeah, that's happened before. I tried. I faced the hostility. And the pressure was too big, too hard, and I just decided to stop. It was easier just to live with the broken wall. You know what I'm talking about? It was just easier to live with the mess, with the problem, and give up hope. But you know what? Hey, you know what I'm going to say to you? Isn't it interesting that God hasn't quit putting that on your heart? Isn't that true? Isn't it interesting that God hasn't stopped saying to you, you need to rebuild the wall in your life? Because for some reason, God wants you to rebuild the wall. But you're saying, well, you know, I tried, but I had this pressure. Listen, you need to learn how to respond to the pressure. And that's what the faith lessons are going to be about today. You need to learn how to respond to the pressure and keep on doing what God calls you to do and rebuild the walls in your life. So let's look at what's going on here with Nehemiah. Look with me at verses 1 to 6. We see the ridicule. Remember... Not everybody's happy about the Jews rebuilding the wall. For 80 years after Nebuchadnezzar, King Nebuchadnezzar destroyed Jerusalem because of their sin. God used Nebuchadnezzar, took them away into captivity, what's called the Babylonian captivity. They were freed when the Persians defeated the Babylonians. But it was a whole nother 10 years that they even got to this place of even thinking about rebuilding the wall. So for 80 years, they've had broken walls. They've had the shame of what's happening. They've had vulnerability to their enemies. And in the meantime, people have been moved into their area who don't want them there, who are claiming the area for themselves. And that's Zambalat and Tobiah and Gershom and all of those folks. And they're not happy about the Jews taking care of themselves. They're not happy about the rebuilding of the walls. So here's what they do. First of all, they ridicule them. So I want you to notice what's going on here. First of all, efforts to the re- rebuild the walls were openly mocked. Efforts to rebuild the walls were openly mocked. They're like, what do these Jews think they're doing? 
What do they think they're doing? Do they think they're going to be able to rebuild their walls out of rubbish? Do they think they're going to be able to I mean, have a normal life? That's what it talks about as far as offering sacrifices. It's talking about, do they, are they going to have a normal religious life now? Do they think everything's going to be wonderful? They're mocking them. You and I face the same thing when we decide to deal with the walls, don't we? What do you think you're doing? So you're going to try and do something again, right? Don't you remember the last time you tried something? The last time you tried something, you only made the problem bigger. You were humiliated because you didn't have the strength to do it, remember? Isn't that what people say to you? It hurts because when they say it to you, oftentimes they're the ones who are what? Closest to you. So you want to solve our family problem. So you want to solve our marriage problem. So you want to solve the problem in the church. Tried that before, didn't you? It didn't work out. Mocking happens. They were openly mocked. And that just saps on you, doesn't it? If you've ever experienced that, that just removes the energy from you. You want to give up. You don't even want to do anything anymore. You've been there. It's like, do I really want to go through that again? Go through that again? So what I want you to notice what Nehemiah did. Nehemiah looked to God for success in rebuilding the wall. Nehemiah looked to God for success in rebuilding the wall. Verse 4 isn't Samballat speaking. It's, it's Nehemiah speaking in verse 4. Nehemiah says, Hear, O God, for we are despised. God, don't you see what's going on? Do you see what they're saying about us? I just want to do what you want me to do. I want this healing to take place. I want this rebuilding to take place. But Lord, they're despising us. They're mocking us. Turn the reproach on their own heads and give them as plunder into the land of captivity. Do not cover their iniquity and do not let their sin be blotted out. He's talking to God and saying, God, you see what's going on. Give us success. Lord, you called me to do this. Help me to rebuild the walls. Prayer, right? Prayer. And I think it's interesting, if you look at verse 6, so they built the wall. They just kept on going. His faith was in God to what? Give him success. And so even in spite of the mocking and the relentless mocking, what is he doing here? He's putting his faith and trust in God, and he keeps plugging on. But see, that's interesting, because a lot of us, once the mocking started, we what? Stopped. We quit doing what we had to do. We gave up. So here's the faith principle. Faith principle number one. Faith presses on as it trusts God in spite of opposition. Faith presses on as it trusts God in spite of opposition. That's exactly what Nehemiah is doing. I'm sure he's hearing what they're saying. He's hearing the mocking. One guy says that a fox could tear down your wall. But he keeps what? He keeps having the people build. He keeps going on. Why? Because he knows that God told him to do it. All right, let me just stop for a moment. 
you've been here the last few weeks, and as you've been hearing about rebuilding walls in your life, in your marriages, in your families, in your, and even in the church, you've been here, and in the quietness of your heart, in your mind, the Spirit of God has been speaking to you. The Spirit of God has been saying to you, this is the wall that needs to be rebuilt in your life. And so as we have been discussing that and working through the faith principles about doing that, you've decided, you know what, I'm sick of living with the broken wall. I'm sick of the shame of that. I'm sick of the vulnerability of that. And I want to do something about it. And so you make that decision to do something about it. But as soon as you start wanting to do something about it, in fact, you even start. You start rebuilding the mocking starts happening. The ridicule starts happening. And, and you're looking to yourself and saying, well, did I, did I get something wrong here, God? I mean, you told me to do this. Did, 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 I, did, did I misunderstand something that you were saying to me? And you want to give in. I'm going to tell you right now, don't give in. Don't give in. Why? Because he told you to do it. Did you understand what I'm saying? Because he's the one who told you to do it. You keep plugging on because God told you to do it. See, that's what's going on here with Nehemiah. Nehemiah, they're rebuilding the wall, not because they just want to rebuild the wall. They're rebuilding the wall. I mean, he came all the way from Persia, from Iran, to go back to Jerusalem for the purpose of what? Rebuilding the wall. Why did he do that? Because God told him to do it. If God is moving in your heart to put forth the effort to begin rebuilding the wall, he's going to give you the wisdom to do it, he's going to give you the strength to do it, and you need to just keep doing what you have to do because why? God told you to do it. See, that's the faith principle here. It presses on in spite of the opposition. Folks, the reason why you have opposition is because you're doing what God told you to do. Do you understand? You need to understand that. Whenever you do what God tells you to do, there will always be opposition. If there's no opposition in your life, you're not doing anything. Do you understand? But the moment you decide to do something about what God has called you to do, you're always going to face opposition. And you know what? You need to decide to keep pressing on. You know, I had a pastor in my life. Brad and I had the same pastor at one time, and he said this statement, the measure of a man is not what he accomplishes in this life, but what it takes to discourage him, to stop. It's not what you accomplish. The measure of a man is what does it take to discourage you, to stop. Do you understand what I'm saying? That's a powerful statement. Are you going to let the ridicule hinder you from doing what God's calling you to do? Faith principle one, it presses on to trust God in spite of opposition. But I want you to notice something. The ridicule just doesn't stop with ridicule. It moves into open hostility. It moves to open hostility. Look look at what it says there. Now it happened that when Zambalad and Tobiah, the Arabs and the Ammonites and the Ashdodites heard that the walls of Jerusalem 
were being restored and all the gaps were beginning to be closed, that they became very angry and all of them conspired together to come and attack Jerusalem and create confusion. Here's what's going on. The opposition looked for ways to stop the rebuilding. See, that's the next step of the opposition that you're going to face. It's not just going to be mocking you and ridiculing you. You're going to find that there are going to be some people who don't want things to change, and they're going to work against you. Do you understand what I'm saying? They're going to actively do what they need to do to work against you. Have you experienced that? Because they like things the way they are. And you say, well, you know, I don't understand that. If, if the walls were rebuilt, things would be so much better in my life, in my marriage, in our church. Yeah, but some people have grown used to it. Some people have adjusted. And when you change things, that changes things for them, and they're not necessarily open to change. Do you know what I'm saying? They're not necessarily open to change. How, how many of you like change? The only folks who like change are babies, right? Do you know what I'm saying? I mean, I'm I'm a creature of habit. You know, I you know they they say when you travel, you need to do things differently all the time because if you have the same patterns, they know where you are. Well, you know, every time I travel, I go to the same restaurants, I go to the same, eat the same food, drink the same drinks. I mean, I just am at the same places. All if somebody wanted to find me, they just need to follow me for one day because I'm going to do it the same way the next day. I don't like change. Do you know what I'm saying? And some people don't like change, and they get angry. You ever had somebody get angry with you about wanting to rebuild your wall? Trust me, it'll happen. Open hostility. The opposition looks for ways to stop the rebuilding. So I want you to notice now, here's what Nehemiah does. Even in spite of this, here's what Nehemiah does. This gets back to the same issue that we've talked about before. Nehemiah was committed to prayer as he remained alert to the threats. He did two things here. He prayed. See, this is what I need to tell you folks. Prayer is not just a one-time thing. Prayer's not, okay, God, you told me to do something, so now I need to figure out how to do it. Prayer is an ongoing thing. Even as you're going through the process of rebuilding in your lives and your marriages, you continue to pray because you continually need God to what? Give you wisdom, give you direction, give you strength, give you help. Nehemiah continued to pray, but he didn't just continue to pray, you know, where he had his head in the clouds and was oblivious to what else was going on around him. He was alert to the what? Threats. He was alert and ready to respond to the issues that were going on around him that might hinder what? The rebuilding of the wall. See, that's what faith requires of us. So here's the faith principle. Faith principle number two. Faith is alert to the situation as it is committed to prayer. Faith is alert to the situation as it's committed to prayer. So here's the thing. Faith realizes that not everybody's going to be happy, I'm going to be ridiculed, and that there's going to be this active opposition to what 
I feel God is calling me to do. So it's alert. So it's aware of the possibilities of what might happen. But as it's alert, it doesn't sit there and say, oh, what's coming down the pike? What's coming down the pike? It prays. Faith prays. God, you know the situation I'm in. You know not everybody's happy. You know that somebody is trying to tell me to stop. They're doing whatever they can to get me to stop. Lord, you called me to do this. Would you help me? Would you give me wisdom? Would you protect me? Lord, would you continue to help me to rebuild the wall? See, that's what faith is. Faith is moving on, doing what it has to do. It's aware. You need to be aware. But it takes that awareness where? To prayer. To the one who's in control. To the one who can help us. Now, there's a third thing I want you to see. It's called readiness. Because you know the opposition is there. You need to be ready. You can't enter into the whole rebuilding process without being ready. Because you're aware that not everybody's going to be happy. You're aware that not everybody's going to help you. You're aware that people may be wanting you to stop. Because they like it the way it is. They've grown used to it. And so there needs to be a readiness on your part. So when we look at verses 10 through 14, we see that Nehemiah, he's aware of the hostility, he's aware of the ridicule, so he takes measures to deal with it. So here's what I want you to see about Nehemiah and about the opposition. The opposition sought to disrupt the rebuilding in unexpected ways. See, here's the difficulty. So they're rebuilding the walls. The problem with rebuilding the walls is is that they're surrounded by, because nobody's cleaned it up, they're, res- they're surrounded by all of the ruins of the war 80 years before. All of the broken down walls, all of the burnt objects and burnt stone, all of the stuff that was laying around as it was left when the walls were destroyed the first time. So basically they're working in hampered situations with all of this rubbish. And so they're not necessarily aware of who's even coming after them. And so they're not ready. And so the opposition decides, well, you know what? They're so busy with this stuff, they're not going to see it when we come against them. And so they try to attack in unexpected ways. Isn't that what happens in our lives? Here you are, you're trying to do what God's called you to do. Rebuild the walls in your life, in your marriages, in your families, even in the church. And then out of nowhere, from somewhere you did not expect, you get hit. You get attacked. And it knocks you off your feet, doesn't it? Like you didn't expect that one, not from that person. That's what blows you away is when it came from that person, right? Not from them. I didn't expect that. But I want you to notice the faith principle. Faith stands ready to meet any problem. Faith stands ready to meet any problem. Wait a minute, George, you know, because if that's true, 
you know, I have faith. I, I know that God's called me to do this, and, and, and I'm doing it, but I didn't expect that from that person. I understand. It hurt. But faith stands ready. Why? Because your faith isn't in you. Your faith isn't even in the other people. Especially the one, because that's what hurts is because you put your faith in somebody else and they didn't do what you asked them to do, right? They turned on you. Your faith isn't in them. Your faith has to be, this is how you're able to stand ready no matter what happens. Your faith is in who, folks? God. Jesus. That's what he's saying here. He's saying that. Look at what he says, verse 14. I looked and arose and said to the nobles, to the leaders, the rest of the people, do not be afraid of them. Remember the Lord. And look at what he remembers about the Lord. Great and awesome. Fight for your brethren. You just keep plugging on because you've got a God who is great and awesome. And he's the one who told you to what? Rebuild. Rebuild. Okay, so let's let's take all that we're doing here, these three principles, and let's wrap it up, okay? I told you that I believe very strongly that God led us into this series for a purpose, not just for our church, but for your lives. Because let's admit it, we have broken walls. I have broken walls. You have broken walls, don't we? And we have grown used to them. In fact, we gave up hope that those walls would ever be repaired. We gave up hope that we would ever see those walls mended. We just kind of got used to them. But somehow God doesn't let things stay the same, does he? Because he wants what's best for us. He wants what's best for our marriages and our families, our homes, our church. And so he stirs us again, doesn't he? And so you've been stirred. And you've been praying and you're saying, God, this is, this is the broken wall in my life and I feel like you want me to do something about it. But Lord, I don't know what to do. Show me. Show me what I need to do. And so as he's been showing you and, and developing that conviction in your heart to do it, you thought, all right, awesome. But as you started... You started down that path. The opposition arose. And it's not good. And some, for some of you, it's ugly. But here's what I want to say to you. Listen to what you have seen today in this passage. You need to what? Trust in God. Because he's the one who told you to rebuild. Yes, it hurts. Yes, what's being said isn't good. Yes, people will hurt you from unexpected ways and unexpected places. But you need to hold on and do what God's calling you to do because he's the one who what? Called you to do it. So put your faith in him. And stand ready. 
hey, listen, just be ready. If you're going to do what God tells you to do, there are going to be problems, right? Just, just realize that. And when it happens, oh, I was expecting this. Wasn't expecting it like that, but I knew something was coming. God, help me get through this because you're great and awesome. And my hope and my faith is in who? You, Lord. Let me pray for you.